Welcome to Financial Wellness Decoded, the official podcast of the Financial Planning Association of New Jersey. I'm your host, Lawrence Eichen, and I'm pleased to be bringing this episode to you wherever you are listening to it. In this episode, we are going to be hearing from Amanda McGrath, Senior Wealth Advisor and Partner at Asset Advisory Group in Kinelon, New Jersey. In keeping with the theme of these first few podcasts, we'll focus on the Financial Planning Association of New Jersey, and specifically, we'll hear details from Amanda about her role as the Director of the Women's Group and the programs that are offered through that section. Now, Amanda was a real pleasure to interview. She was very knowledgeable, very personable, and her passion for what she does came through loud and clear. I know you're going to like this interview, and here it is. Amanda, are you there? Yes. Hi. Good morning, Lawrence. How are you? I am doing great. How are you doing this morning? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm very excited to have you here, and I should officially welcome you to the Financial Wellness Decoded podcast. <laughs> Amanda, uh, one simple question for you. Are you ready to decode? <laughs> I am ready. Okay. All right. So, uh, Amanda, I know that uh, you are a senior wealth advisor and partner at Asset Advisory Group in Kinelon. I thought it might be helpful to give the listeners just a little information about your professional um, background as a financial planner. So if you could, can you tell the listeners just a little bit about um, how long you've been a financial planner, um, if you have any certifications, and maybe the types of clients that you typically work with? Sure. Um, so I actually started my career on Wall Street. Um, I've been in the industry about 15 years, but the first 12 I spent at JP Morgan Chase in the private bank. And I also spent a couple of years at Deutsche Bank in the private bank. And then my career took a little bit of a turn. Um, I joined my father who had an RIA in Kinelon, New Jersey that he started in the 80s. Um, he didn't have a succession plan in place. And so about three years ago, I joined him. Um, and at that point is when I actually got my CFP certification. Um, and it's actually one of the reasons I ended up getting involved in the FPA. Um, but we now uh, manage about uh, $280 million for about 100 families. So very different than the big banks and um, the larger clients that I was typically working with. Uh, but I love it. Um, it's very entrepreneurial. And uh, a lot of our families were on third generation for, so I feel very lucky. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And uh, how is that working with your dad? That must be a very interesting dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people ask that question. It's the first thing a lot of clients ask too. How's it going? Because I guess it could always get a little bit dicey with family members. Um, but you know, it's really been such a blessing. It's been really a lot of fun. Uh, my dad's 67. I'm 35. So it's been a fun dynamic. He's basically been through every market cycle. And I kind of brought a renewed energy. And also being a female too, it seems to have resonated a lot with um, our female clients, uh, with even new clients coming on. And then also that next generation of clients that I've been doing a lot of work with as well. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And that actually segues very nicely into what we really want to focus on, which is the Financial Planning Association of New Jersey and your position as the director of the women's group uh, in that uh, association. Can you tell the listeners just a little bit about you know, what your position is and what the uh, women's group is uh, as part of the uh, Financial Planning Association? 
Yeah, sure. So I, I joined the Financial Planning Association only a couple of years ago. And um, part of the reason I did that is from moving from a big bank and a big office and lots of peers and colleagues to a very small office of just me and my father. Um, I missed that camaraderie, um, having peers. And so I was kind of just kind of going out there trying to meet people, broaden myself a little bit more. And I found the FPA. It was just such a great group of people and they do so much in the community that I wasn't even aware of. Um, and it just encouraged me to get more involved. And at the time, especially with the women's group, there really wasn't a position in um, a leadership position. And it just seemed like there was so much more they could be doing. So I joined the board and then kind of took over the women's group. Um, so the women's group, it's a special interest group within the FPA of New Jersey. And the goal is really, it's really mostly comprised of um, women that have their CFP that are advisors in the state. And we have a handful of events throughout the year that are pretty small. Um, usually they're on relevant topics, uh, networking sessions. Uh, we did a session on um, helping women transition in divorce where we had a panel with um, you know a divorce attorney and a mediator and you know how to how to speak to women clients. Um, we've also done some really fun stuff where we had a book club and a brunch. But um, even though we're talking and learning about topical issues, uh, a lot of I think the reason that the women like going is to network with other women in the industry. Uh, there's not a lot of us, and especially locally, um, connecting with others um, I think is a huge benefit. Yeah, let me ask you that because that was what was coming to my mind is uh, how many women currently are there in the women's group? Um, that, that's the first thing that I, I wanted to find out about. Well, we, ha we have a, a lot in the state, um, but I guess the, the meetings are, we try to keep them all over the state, but a lot of times they're in central New Jersey or northern New Jersey. And depending on the event, we'll probably have about, you know, 30 to 50 women, you know, show up. But what's funny is when you look at the statistics of women uh, CFP professionals, only 23% of CFP professionals are women. So even with a chapter of 700 members, it's, it's still a small subset. Um, and so it's really, really important. And one of the things we do in one of the events we did this year was really helping broaden that demographic. Um, and help new women enter the industry. Yeah, that, um, because typically the financial planning industry is male dominated or has been, right? So I imagine um, with the women, do you find uh, they have like a concern that, hey, how am I going to get business? And I'm a woman and there's so many men in this field and maybe uh, even men or women traditionally probably think that, oh, a man knows more about money and finances than a woman. So maybe they have concerns along those lines. Yeah. You know, I think there's been a lot of discussions of why is it, why is it that only 23% of CFP professionals are women? And I really do think that there's a lot of misconception within the industry of what makes a good advisor, what skill sets are needed and what we actually do day to day. Um, and I think that the gender gap, it's a challenge, um, especially historically, but I also think it's a huge opportunity. Um, 
I think women make great advisors. We listen. Um, there's a lot of empathy in being an advisor. There's a lot of planning and organization. I think sometimes people get scared by the stock market like it's this big unknown thing. But a lot about planning, it's a lot of organization. You're looking at numbers, saving, investing, reaching goals, um, and also just learning about families. And, and what's funny about the whole thing is I was actually at um, an M&A conference a couple of weeks ago for RIAs, and every single firm there was looking to hire women advisors. Mm. And I, I wonder, you know, what that why that is. And, and really, I think it's driven by the clients. You know, the clients are asking for it. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm thinking to myself that, uh, let's say a woman who's been, who goes through a divorce, right? Mm -hmm. Now she's got to, uh, you know, take care of finances for herself. Maybe she's never had that responsibility when she was married. I would think that a woman, uh, divorced or maybe even not divorced would might, might feel more comfortable, you know, talking and sharing, uh, their concerns, their fears, and their questions, even with another woman, uh, there, there must be some kind of uh, bond there that exists, I would imagine. Am I right? I mean, absolutely. And I've seen that in my own practice as well. I think sometimes women generally tend to second guess themselves. They're afraid to ask a, a stupid question. And sometimes, at least what I found with a lot of our spouses and even women of the next generation coming up that want to be involved in the, in the planning of the family, they're an equal partner. They, they are also working um, and they want to be educated. They, they've been just great clients. They come in, they want to know, um, they want to know how to plan for their future. And, um, it's, it's been really good, but I do think that there's a real need for female advisors. I think that men recognize that. I think firms are recognizing that. And it's just a matter of, you know, women coming in, understanding that really is, it's a great time to be a female in this industry. Yeah, I imagine it is. And do you find that women getting into the industry are more of them coming into it as a uh, coming back into the work force from raising kids? Or do you find um, as many might be joining it just coming in as a, you know, that's their first career, they're coming out of college, and now they want to try to do something and just jump right in at an early age? What, what seems to be the pattern there? You know, I've seen a little bit of both, but it's funny that you asked. One of the events that I actually spearheaded this year was um, an event focused on bringing women back to the workforce. Um, because I think in finance specifically, it's so demanding. I remember on Wall Street, I was working like 80 hours a week. And then once I had children and commuting, it was just, it was really overwhelming. Um, I was lucky enough to now have the role and opportunity that I have now, which has a lot of flexibility. And I think that women also don't understand that being an advisor is actually can be a very flexible career with a family. Um, so I basically had uh, spearheaded this event. Um, it was called Finding Your Way Into Finance, Career Opportunities for Women in Transition. And okay. And when was that? So we actually did that this year. We, we did it in June, um, and it was the first time the FPA had done an event like this. So we were a little bit unsure about how it was going to go. Um, and so how did it go? You know, it, it was actually a lot of fun. And I think 
the reason it was successful for a couple of things, we actually hosted it at the County College of Morris and partnered with um, the Women's Center there, which actually, it's a nonprofit and they focus on just helping women transition back to the workforce, whether um, being home with children or the death of a spouse or a divorce, and they partner with Dress for Success. So they were really a great partner with the event. Um, but the goal of the event was to help women just, I guess, for one, educate them that there are a lot of opportunities in this industry for women, no matter what your background is. And then also for networking and to kind of give them a pathway back. Yeah, that sounds like a great event. And uh, I imagine you may make that an annual uh, event since it was successful uh, this year. Yeah, we're really hoping to. We're hoping to do it again next summer. And it was great. I mean, I think that a lot of the reentry programs for the large banks are are great for women and it's great that they're doing it. But a lot of them are in major cities. Like for us, there would be in Manhattan. Um, and for women living out in New Jersey, like coming back to work after time away with a commute and children, it really is overwhelming and pretty unrealistic. So all of the firms that came to this event had a local presence. And I think that that made a huge difference. We had over 70 women attend the event and 25 company representatives. So we had companies like JP Morgan, Charles Schwab, TD, um, a lot of local RIAs, and we had a panel of six women that each talked about how they transitioned back to the workforce after time away. And everybody had a different story and a different challenge. And then afterwards, we had all these different roundtables, and everybody was able to kind of break down their own situation and their own questions and connect with other people. Um, and even afterwards, we collected resumes and a lot of interviews and a couple of job offers came out of it. So it was really, it was pretty powerful. Oh, that sounds really very uh, substantial support for women, you know, looking to, you know, as you say, find their way back into finance as a career. I mean, that's, you've got a lot of major players there that were behind that. And uh, you had, what, 70, 75 people uh, show up. Uh, that sounds like a really positive event. And uh, I'm, I'm, a sh I'm confident I could see that that would just be held on an annual basis because that just is, uh, that's a, a super entry point in, uh, trying to get back into, uh, you know, a career if you're a woman in transition. And, uh, you know, it reminded me of something you said earlier. Uh, you mentioned that you had uh, four events throughout the year and one of them was helping women in transition or divorce. What were some of the other events that you held uh, throughout the year? Yeah, so this year alone, we kind of hit it all over the board. Um, one of them was understanding charitable planning. We did that actually more towards the end of the year last year, where the timing of that, um, you know, was pretty relevant. We talked about donor advised funds and different ways to give. Um, another event we did was how to review an annuity which I think is really interesting because annuities have a lot of bad press around them. I mean, I've seen clients come in that they were sold annuities and can't get out of them. So understanding how to review that and advise a client is extremely important. Um, and so we try to do, you know, we, we meet as a group. So we have a planning committee for the women's group and a couple of other women really lead that, lead that and they do a great job of organizing it. Uh, 
And, and let me just ask you, these events that you're describing, are they in the form of a lunch and learn or are they a, an event like in, in the morning or the evening? How, how do these events take place? You know, we've done a bunch of different things to see what works. And typically what we found is an early morning breakfast is good. And one of the goals actually, I think for next year, or at least for me personally, is seeing this other event that we did of, um, you know, trying to bring women back to the industry. I'm now inviting them to some of the other women's group meetings, even if they're not a member of the FPA, even if they're not yet a CFP. Because what was so interesting about that event is um, it was really expanding the demographic uh, of advisors or people that are interested in financial services because of the attendees that came to the transition event, only 17% had listed financial services as where they had the most experience. So this goes back to one of your earlier questions, are people transitioning into the field later in life? And I think the answer is yes, because we did a pretty detailed survey before this event. So these women were coming to learn, see what's out there. And I think that, you know, I'm actually invited a few, we're doing an event next week for a, based on work-life balance. And I'm inviting a lot of the women that attended the transition event to that event. And so I think it's that, you know, that in, it's not just one event and done. It's how do we bring you in? How do you, how do we connect you to other women in the industry um, that might have jobs open? Right. And I assume the work-life uh, balance roundtable uh, discussion uh, is something that's geared towards women's, you know, concerns about family responsibilities and raising kids. That's got to be probably the biggest hurdle I imagine that women are expressing uh, in getting into the industry. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I think being in this industry actually is very, can be very flexible if you set it up the right way and hearing how other women have made it work for them is very powerful. Um, the event that we're doing next week, the work-life balance event, it's going to be moderated by a woman named Laura Mattia, who she's a professor. She's also a wealth manager, and she wrote a book called Gender on Wall Street, Uncovering Opportunities for Women in Financial Services. So I think it's going to be really interesting to hear from her um, on that topic, um, and I just think it's going to be a great dialogue. Oh, yeah, it sounds like it would be. So tell me a little bit. I know you're involved in the Win to Win Mentor Program. What's that all about? So that's actually through, that's in another um, event, another group kind of through the FPA of New Jersey that I signed up for. And the focus is for, it's usually geared towards younger women coming up the ranks. So it's a mentorship program that supports prospective female advisors as they're going through the CFP certification process, um, which is actually pretty onerous. Like when I, I didn't get my CFP until after I left Wall Street and, um, I, I jammed it in in about 10 months, but it's pretty rigorous. There's a lot of education requirements that you have to fulfill and then actually studying for the exam. And so this mentorship program pairs people that have gotten their CFP with women that are going through it to kind of ensure that they follow through on it, that they have support and that they don't fall behind or, you know, give up. And um, I've, I've partnered with a couple of women on it and it's been great. And what's happened too is once they pass the CFP and kind of come out of it, um, it's a great intro to bringing them into the FPA as members, getting them involved in the women's group and also helping them find jobs. 
Wow, that does sound fantastic. Um, so, you know, we've talked a lot about what the women's group does, and now you've just mentioned this mentor program as well. Um, tell me, um, what advice would you give to a, a woman financial professional who's not yet, you know, joined the New Jersey Financial Planning Association? Is there any advice to that professional that you would give? And then I'm going to follow that up with advice to somebody who's not yet even in the financial industry, you know, just advice that you might give somebody thinking about that as well. But start out first with the uh, advice to somebody who might already be a financial professional, a female, but is not a member yet. Yeah, I think someone that's not a member yet, I really do feel like there's a lot of benefits to getting involved. I mean, for me, it opened up a whole new world of colleagues and friends that I can call. Um, it's gotten me more educated on certain topics that I might not have been as familiar with um, just by going to a lot of these um, education sessions that we have. But really, it just it builds your network. And I think if you have um, mentorship and people that are going to help you get to the next level, that camaraderie is really important. Um, especially in the RIA space with advisors, I don't really feel that there's much competition where we're competing with each other for clients. It's actually much more of a team. I, I've found that all of the women and men in the FPA have been, are really supportive of each other and are, are you know, very comfortable and encourage sharing best practices and best ideas. And I think when you're starting out early in the industry, um, hearing a lot of different perspective and, and how other people are doing things is really, can be really beneficial to your own practice. Yeah, those are very good reasons. So talk just briefly a little bit. I know we touched on it already, but you know, again, advice for a female, a woman, um, young, middle-aged, whatever, um, thinking about financial services as a career, mm -hmm. what advice would you give to them? Well, I, th I think it's important, and, and we did talk about this a lot at our um, Women in Transition event, that there's a lot of different roles and opportunities available in the industry. I think a lot of women might be a little bit nervous, like, oh, I have to be an advisor, or I have to be an expert on the stock market. But there's so many other opportunities in there right now. There's client service opportunities where you're working with clients and opening up accounts and moving money and helping them with their day-to-day -day needs. There's operations where you're helping these firms with their back office processes. There's, um, there's a lot of opportunities in compliance right now, especially in an industry that has become more and more regulated. A lot of the firms are investing in compliance and they need that support. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a sales role. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be an expert on the stock market. I just think that there's a lot of opportunity out there and it's worth it to explore it. Uh, I think that's good advice. My advice for them would be to contact you. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll get, we're gonna, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But uh, I'm going to enter into what I call the speed round or a home stretch of this uh, interview. Um, so I'm going to ask you, Amanda, what do you think is the most important factor or factors to uh, a successful long-term financial plan? Well, I guess I always start with the not fun side, which is the expenses. Um, I think living within your means is critical. Um, and having a handle on controlling your expenses and what you're spending is really the first step. And then after that, then you can really back into savings. So 
you know, f- figuring out what you're spending and then going and then saving is, is the first is the basic step before you even get to the investments. Yeah. Sounds like a budget would be in order. Um, okay. And what about uh, a financial book or resource that you'd recommend? Anything jump out? Well, you know, I'm going to recommend a resource and it kind of goes along with my advice about controlling expenses. What a lot of, it's so funny. I've had so many clients come in or they want to run retirement numbers and none of them really have a sense of their cost to live. And there's so many free um, budget apps out there. I mean, I personally use mint.com, but I think just getting in the habit of like on a quarterly basis, categorizing your expenses, at least being aware of what you spend annually and where those biggest categories are is a great resource. Um, and it might not be the most fun thing, but once you do it, it really gives you a handle on, um, on what you're spending each year. Okay, very good. And is there a particular uh, favorite inspirational or motivational quote that you know of or that speaks to you? (laughs) Um, Well, I guess my big thing has always been getting out of your comfort zone. And so there's one quote that I found interesting. It's, it says, before anything great is really achieved, your comfort zone must be disturbed. And in the spirit of football season, I think Ray Lewis said that he played for the <laughs> Baltimore Ravens. Yes, he did. But yeah, I think that getting out of your comfort zone is huge. And every time you do it, um, you grow a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, Amanda. In fact, that reminds me of that expression, be, do, have. You need to become the person you need to be in order to do the things you need to do in order to have the things you want to have. And anybody going through that process is definitely going to need to come out of their comfort zone to do so. Lastly, Amanda, anybody listening today that wanted to reach out to you, what is the best contact information you can provide? Yeah, sure. Um, They can reach me. They can really just go to our website. It's assetadvisorygroup.com. And my bio and contact information is right on there. And I welcome the opportunity to talk to anyone, male or female. Um, I love mentoring. I love helping to connect people. Uh, So yeah, I welcome that opportunity. And also, thank you so much um, for having me on the show today. It was, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. Oh, thanks, Amanda. I appreciate you saying that. And let me reciprocate by thanking you for your time and for sharing all the valuable information that you did. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, you too.